Welcome to the Preach and Persuade podcast. My name is Sam Parada, here with Dan Rudman, and we are going to move on to a new topic, a new discussion. We're done with our revival series. Uh, I think we we gave enough time to the topic of revival, so we're going to move on, and we're going to talk about, I think, kind of a fun topic, really, one that is a common topic among Christians, and it's this topic of judging. And maybe you've heard the cliche statement, oh, don't judge me. Christians aren't to judge. Jesus says not to judge. And you judging me is 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 wrong and being unchristian or whatever like that. And, you know, you might even think, oh, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So, you know, you can't, you don't have any authority to say anything about the way I live my life or the things that I do. And you hear these types of statements all the time. Uh, certainly, you know, you might hear them from more non-believing type people, but but you hear Christians make those types of statements a lot. It's a very common thing to hear. I mean, if you're listening, I guarantee it you've heard it, or maybe you've said it before. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> Jesus says not to judge. Like, oh man, I just I've heard it a thousand times. I, I of course, swear. this last few years it's been worse, right? It's as been it, worse. Yeah, as people are trying to be biblically critiquing what's going on culturally, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could say it kind of stems from a bit of like a, a postmodern, relativistic, pluralistic yeah. type of worldview where, well, who are you to say that right. your view is right? right? Who are you to say that yeah. you haven't figured out? Yeah. Who are you to say that you yeah. know? Right. Good. And therefore then, well, then casting some type of judgment is basically you, you know, being on your high horse or, yeah. you know, you've climbed this mountain and, and you're saying, I've, I've figured out truth. I know truth. And all you are wrong or whatever, and you're mm-hmm. judging. And that just doesn't work in a postmodern relativistic framework. Yeah. So, and part of that is just seeped into the church and seeped into the way Christians think about things. Yeah. Um, and so obviously you can kind of probably already guess where we stand and we're going to say, well, no, there are, there are places in, in circles where we do need to judge and where judging is correct. And we have to nuance that because— well, and we're commanded to. And we're commanded to. We'll look at some And we're going right? to make our case. I mean, Jesus told us to. <laughs> yeah, we're going to make our case. So we're going to build our yeah. case right. for, for where Christians ought to and are commanded to judge. Yeah. And, what do, and we're going to unpack that. What do we mean by that? Um, I think even on the front end, too, just to say, you know, there's different spheres in life. You know, we've talked about sphere sovereignty before. You have the family, you have the church, you have the state. You could say you have the temporal sphere, you have the eternal sphere, and you have these different jurisdictional lines. And, you know, I don't have the authority to judge civil matters or civil cases. Uh, I don't have the authority to go into somebody else's family and judge their kids. Uh, that's that's the parent's job of that family. Likewise, if I have a wife and kids one day, somebody else doesn't have the authority to you know jump into my home and judge my kids, if that makes sense, uh, on certain matters. So, so yeah, there's there's these different jurisdictional lines, and when we come to the topic of judging, we have to kind of keep those in mind. Okay, what what realm or what sphere do we have authority to judge or make judgments? And those are things that we have to keep in mind. So where people get confused is they, they tend to conflate or, or just kind of mesh everything together until, under one just broad umbrella of judging or not judging. It's like, yeah, I can't make eternal judgments. God alone can do that. But yeah. in the temporal sphere and in temporal situations, hey, depending on what position I have or, or my relationship to people, I do maybe need to make some judgments. And so all that we have to kind of, you know, 
unwind a little bit, untangle for people yeah. as we build our case. But that's kind of the problem. Do you have anything to add on the problem of why we're even having this discussion, Dan? Anecdotes that maybe you haven't that come to mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, without naming well, names. Well, well, yeah, it, yeah. This is a tough discussion. Yeah, because I mean, we were talking earlier before we began, and we were even arguing a little bit about <laughs> where where do we draw these lines. Not for Sam and I. I mean, we're 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 on the same page, but like, how do we best talk about it? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I'm glad you can laugh because I just like yeah. So how do you best talk about this? Because the minute you said that, like, it really does come down to culturally the reason this seems like a big deal maybe it was before but certainly now it's like nobody can really know anything yeah and you can't draw a conclusion you can't come to some conclusion right and you have to be careful how you say that because there's some things we're you know we've talked about this in other podcasts there's some things i i have a higher percentage of of confidence about yeah and some a little bit less right right but that doesn't mean i wouldn't stand on something that i'm 80 percent sure on. right you know there's the variations so i just find it interesting because it's like this uh, default answer of our culture. Yeah, yeah, you're not supposed to judge. Right. I mean, have you read? I want to go. Have you ever read the Bible? Have you ever read it? Or, I don't think they really have. Well, I mean, think of and think you of and your I are going to talk about jury. it. And, and I, I was telling you, and I didn't even realize it, Sam. I mean, a little bit, because I've been exposed to some biblical teaching. There was even a curriculum put out for, for um, like say high school, maybe even junior high. I know junior high and high school it was a prominent. Um, uh, what am I trying to say? A, a prominent curriculum that was talking about judging. Yeah, yeah. And they used John 8, which we'll talk yeah, about yeah. in a bit, which is this questionable manuscript anyway. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's in our Bible, but we'll talk about that. But the point being is like they use the scripture and they're not even using the scripture properly. properly yeah. And they're literally teaching people, see, you shouldn't be judging people. Right, right. And so you have to, you know, we'll have to get to a definition of judging what we mean because yeah, there's yeah. a variety of what we mean. It's, yeah. Yeah. And, and, I mean, judging is all over Scripture. Right. I mean, you have the judges in the Old Testament, the book of Judges. <laughs> yeah. You have Samuel acting as a judge. You have you have Moses who did the work of judging. Yeah. And it's settling disputes, well, settling and cases. And again, we, yeah. we mentioned it just a minute ago, but Jesus literally tells us to judge with, yep. with right judgment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally uses those words. Yeah, yeah. That's a command. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what does he mean by that? We yes, have to get into yeah, that. Yeah, right. But that's the thing. So, yeah, that's the problem. Um yeah, so let's let's what we're going to do now is we're going to transition into looking at those texts that people use as kind of their case for why we should not judge each other. Don't judge me. You can't judge me. Okay, what are these texts? We we mentioned we'll just go to John 8 as the first one. Dan, you mentioned that as a text that people often cite yeah. as see, this is this is why we can't judge yeah. or shouldn't judge. Yeah. And and yeah, you just briefly mentioned it, Dan. Yeah, go ahead, hit it. You know, I mean John 8, just keep in mind, if you are if you open up your Bible, ESV Bible, NIV, whatever, you'll have a little footnote there or a little statement that says, you know, we don't have confidence that this was in the original manuscripts. Um, so just keep that in mind. There, right. Scholars debate, Bible translators debate whether this was original or not. Yeah. So probably not the best place to make your case for or against. Right, that's the big thing, yeah. right? And, it's, and there really is enough question. That's what Sam and I were like debating about to, with each other earlier. <laughs> he's laughing. And he and I debate about stuff. Folks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the point is, is obviously there's enough scholarship and good scholarship that they have a footnote in your Bible that says, hey, be cautious with this. Make Using this as your yeah, yeah. primary text. Yeah, proceed with caution. Yeah, and, and, and to make use this as your primary text yeah. to make a case probably isn't. Probably not wise. Not even wise. Yeah. 
Okay. So with that said, though, what's really interesting to me, and that was my point with Sam, is even if you wanted to use that primary text... It's not saying what they are saying to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm like, you're using it wrong. Right. And so this is this passage. It's a really interesting passage. Yeah. Like it's, it's and, a... and by the way, what you, I think what you said, Sam, because you know, you're working on some of the technicality in this scholarship, is that it, it, it appears to even those that would question whether this would... Well, it, this wasn't in the early manuscripts. We know that. Right. Like the ESV says, the earliest manuscripts do not include yes. 753. So there was this question. But, but you're telling me the scholarship... However, they're putting all that together. It's in a realm I don't spend time studying. Yeah. Um, that probably the incident was probably authentic. A authentic incident. Yeah, yeah. It's but whether but this was pretty clear that this wasn't in the early manuscripts well, as far as a story, even though it maybe it was yeah. there was some oral tradition yeah, they, or people were talking yeah. about it, right? And they yeah. even say maybe it was maybe it was actually something from Luke. It uh, it, it matches more of the synoptic tradition if that makes sense. Yeah, people the, the know, way, yeah, synoptic yeah. Matthew Mark and Luke that's the synoptic symno oh crap synoptic there we go gospels and then you have John yeah, yeah. which is different than them right. so this is it we have it in John and it doesn't really match John but so, nonetheless but even it was let's say I was saying I was trying to make our little debate we had earlier I was just saying so let's just say it is purely authentic there was never a question about yeah. it it's still, still not how people are using it exactly that's the crazy exactly. thing they're not they're so, using it right yeah so, so what's going on okay we'll start uh, verse 53 of of uh, chapter 7 and going down to eight eleven. Uh, they went each to his own house and, G and Jesus no excuse me but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives early in the morning he came again to the temple all the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placing her in the midst. They said to him, teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? This they said to test him that they might have some charge to bring against him. And that's a key part of the. Yeah, yeah. Keep that in mind. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with a woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. So that's from the ESV. Very interesting story, um, and yeah. So the big, the big contextual idea that you have to keep in mind, as Dan said, keep that in mind, uh, is this idea of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, these religious leaders. They're trying to trap Jesus. Yep. They're trying to get him to make a fatal error, where they have grounds now to get him prosecuted, to get him arrested, yep. to even get him killed. Yep. Like that's what they're trying to do. Let's let's get this guy off the scene, and so we're going to devise these kind of these kind of like traps, these intellectual traps, these moral traps, whatever they might be, to get to get some grounds to get Jesus, you know, arrested or something. That's what they're trying to do. Right. So it's a it's a setup. <laughs> yeah. I think of Star Wars. You know, the famous saying, "It's a trap." You yeah. know. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that. You're hearkening back to an old movie. Yeah, right? I know. Yeah. <laughs> and so what you know. As we work through it, through this, what is the trap? Well, the well, the trap is yeah, yeah. is on one hand, what this woman did was adultery, right? So when she shows up, actually, their assessment she was an adulteress. She was. She was. That that is known. That's and, a fact. And she doesn't even debate that. 
Nobody does. So if you want to say there was a judgment made that mm-hmm. she was an adulteress, that's a given. Mm-hmm. So and, that- and and because stoning, stoning to death an adulteress is only actually prescribed or the penology for somebody who was ca- caught committing adultery in the betrothal period. Yeah, too. you saw, did you look that up? Yeah, yeah I was yeah, looking yeah. that up. It's interesting. So they didn't even do that that often, by the way. Right. This wasn't like something you did every day. Right. Uh, they hardly ever did. But the point was, is that if you caught somebody in the act, which meant you had to see them, Yep. and then it's tricky because it's not just you seeing them, you have two or three witnesses. Yep. Think about this, really. Yep. You had to have two or three witnesses watching this person in the act, yep. and then you, the first one that was, if you were there, the first witness, mm-hmm. were the one that was supposed to cast the stone. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, like, where, where is it? Um, he was he who is without sin cast the first stone. Like that that idea is basically stating if you're going to be the one to throw the stone, yeah, yeah, you have to catch them in the act, but you also can't be guilty of the same sin. Yep, yeah, yeah, very good. So very you good. can't be an adulterer or adulteress. Yeah. So so the trap is this. There's there's this prescribed Old Testament law. Yep. That says you're supposed to stone. Yep. And so they're gonna see, is Jesus gonna follow through with this yeah. and, and obey the Old Testament law? Right. You know, because he, he claims to be a teacher of the yeah, law. Teacher of the law, just so so yep. they're gonna. Oh, what's he gonna do? On the other hand, if yeah, he yeah. does pronounce this condemnation against yeah. her, yeah. which means the death penalty, yeah. the only one in that civil society that had that right at that time, yeah, at that time, power, you know, authority of the yeah, th- yeah. sword, right, yep, yep. was the Roman government. Yeah, yeah. So he would have been. So if he, yeah, he, he he's, he's stuck between yeah, yeah, the, yeah. these two places, and they've set him up. Uh, yeah, that's what this is I mean, really all about. It was a good setup. <laughs> yeah, this is re- this is what it's really all about. And so you know, so of course, then he gets down and he starts straightening in the sand. And you you said it yesterday. How would you say it? You 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 were you were making the voice well, of Harsey Sproul. Sproul. Yeah, yeah. Tell it, him, it, I mean, maybe you've listened to the sermon. Sproul has a really good sermon on this on this text. And you know, Sproul's voice. You know, he talks like this kind of. <laughs> yeah, do it. He no, goes. It's good. Yeah, yeah. He's probably writing in the sand. I think this is this is what I think he wrote. I think he was saying. He was writing murderer, and then he would point an arrow to one of the guys, and then he would go adulterer, and he point an arrow to the other guy, and then he'd you know go yeah. liar, and he'd you know whatever, yeah, and right. all these different you yeah. know sins, and he's pointing these arrows and calling out everybody. Right. None of you is innocent, right. whatever. None of you innocent. That's a you know. But regardless, see, <clears throat> I think where the, you have to get this because remember, people are using saying you shall not judge, and of course we have this English word judge. Yeah. And the Greek word is krino. Krino, and. Yeah. We don't need to even yeah, we don't even need to spell it. it. But the point is, is there's this wide range. Yeah. And when you say judge, you mean like like drawing a judgment about something. And uh, is this right or wrong? Is this moral or immoral? It also means I'm in seating in the seat that I say I condemn you now, condemn you to death. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm giving you could say the sentence. Yeah. It could mean that. Yeah. It could mean just trying to discern. It could mean a variety of things. Right. In this case, though, the setup. That's why you got to get that when Sam was reading that. The setup is they're setting him up and, and putting him in a position like if he does say you're condemned, then he's acting like a Roman judge. Yeah. Right? And so so really what they're doing here is they're setting him up to to, to, to give a sentence yep. on yep. this thing. Now, remember, the reason they're giving a sentence is she is guilty. That's yeah, the thing you got to realize. She, she was guilty. Jesus really never defended her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing that kind of gets into this cultural stuff like, you know— no, she was an adulteress. Yeah. She was a sinful woman. Yeah. And he didn't defend her. No. 
And actually, you'll see here when we get to the end of this, he never really forgave her. He never said, you're forgiven. Yeah, he just says, I don't condemn you. I don't condemn you, which means I don't sentence you. I don't sentence you. I don't now judge think about you. This. Yeah. I don't judge you. I don't sentence you. Right. Well, at the end of the day, if we want to jump to the chase, why was it? How did he How did he navigate this, this water that was a setup? Mm-hmm. And in the narrative, as you go through that, how did he navigate it? So he actually didn't even have to to come to their one of their two conclusions. Right. And simply, if you go through it, they don't have two or three witnesses. Yep. They don't have the case made like they're supposed to have. Right. They're not actually doing what they're supposed to be doing according to the Old Testament right. law. And therefore, he's like, they all kind of walk away, as it says. Well, and, you know, it, you could maybe read in between the lines a little bit that yeah. maybe many of these guys actually were adulterers too. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying, What's, right. what Sproul was talking about. Yeah. So there's definitely that part of it. Yeah. And then there's the part of it that they don't have the witnesses. Where, okay, yep. so where are these witnesses? Where's the guy that she did this with? Where's yep. the case? Well, they didn't actually come with a fair case. Right. And so so what Jesus did in his genius, which he does lots throughout the Gospels, when you all understand all the details, is he's basically saying, they haven't come with a good case. Not They're a, not yeah. in a position to even draw this no. conclusion. So we're, we're, I'm not... What, what, do you, do you, what does he say to her? I'm not going to sentence you. Yeah. Go and sin no more. Yeah. But truly, he didn't even say, oh, you're forgiven. You're this innocent right. woman. And these you know, misogynistic, terrible Pharisees are picking on you. That's not really true. They, they really did. Somehow, she, she was an adulteress and she knew she was. Yeah. And, uh, but they didn't. It was all um, somehow, whatever that was a setup for her, what, however they found her, however they used her. Yeah. The bottom line was actually to try to nail Jesus. Yeah. So this idea of judging was like, that's not even what the case is here. Right. And he says, no, I'm not going to sentence you because this isn't a and, good and case. And keep in sense. mind, this is, this is an example of what would be in the realm of like, like civil, like political, civil, like yeah. judgment. Like yep. this would be more, you would want to equate this more with like, oh, we shouldn't even have a judicial system in our country type of thing. Hmm. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You're nobody's saying that, right? Like nobody's saying that you shouldn't go serve on a jury and actually cast a vote. Yeah. Like, like I, I sat on a jury. I actually was. I mean, I got called to do jury duty and actually was placed on a jury. It was actually really interesting. And I actually made a statement that I think this guy is guilty. And we all, you know, yep, came to a conclusion. Came to a conclusion. The right. Tw- the twelve of us or whoever it was, we came to a conclusion this guy's guilty. Right. Of identity identity right. theft. So I so- made a judgment according to the law. Yep. <laughs> so what, another another thing, I was reading a number of different commentaries on this, Sam, and, and I found one guy, I don't remember his name, it was very interesting, though, but he was trying to, he was highlighting this fact that just a handful of things that people do with this text, and they want to compare Old Testament, you know, God, he was judgment and wrathful, and New yeah. Testament, God is not judgment, he's all about mercy, faith, and letting everybody off. Mm. And I like how he said it, actually, no, uh, yes, Jesus was about grace, mercy, mm-hmm. Um, but he was also about judgment. Oh yeah, it was all of it. It was judgment and mercy. Yeah, and and so um, I was just thinking. Uh, you know, I had a number of cross references on that, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. But like, you go to John. It's very interesting. When I, I mentioned earlier, John seven twenty four, I think is the one I had. Yeah, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a command from Jesus. And then, you know, we could keep going, and then you see how this plays itself out with the um, with the apostles, right? You go to 1 Corinthians. I could go to 1 Corinthians 5.5. 5. 
I have decided to deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of his flesh so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. That's when Paul's calling out a judgment on somebody in the church in sin, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and we could keep going right down that road and we find that, no, 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 there was something right and good and holy about drawing conclusions and drawing judgments. Galatians 1, uh, 8, 8, 8 and 9, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. Mm-hmm. It's called a judgment. As we've said before, so I say again now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be accursed. And we could go on like that, and maybe we will do more of that. Well, but, I mean, but my um, point is, is simply, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. Jesus did actually make a judgment, and the judgment was she was guilty. Right. But he was being put in a corner. I know I've already said this, but just kind of summarizing. Yeah. To try to give a sentence, yeah. call out a condemnation. So you, yes, it. yes. She does it, she can be stoned now. Yeah. And that's not how it right. was ought to be done, and right. he wasn't in a posture to do that. And so he played their game in, in a sense of showing, hey, well, you guys don't even have the case. You haven't even set this up right. right. And so they all walk away, which I, I wondered. I don't know if you came, in, came across this. I didn't. It does say the old older went first or something. Yeah. I wonder if it was because they have more sin. I don't know. I, don't know. You know, I, I, wonder, didn't, I didn't really dig but, into that I mean, part. it's in our Bible for a yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder. Yeah. But apart from that, the bottom line is he said, okay, so who's left to uh, say you should be sentenced? Nobody's uh, left. Nobody, so I'm not going to sentence you either. Yeah. But and again, this is, this is the cool thing about even Christology too and the reality of the incarnation and what Jesus came to do first and what he's going to do second when he returns. Oh, good. Like, like keep this. that in mind. Like first, he came to save. Yes. Second, he comes to judge. Very good. And again, Christ is God. Yeah. And when he ascends into heaven after his resurrection, he's seated right. at the right hand of the Father. Right. And he will come again to judge the living and the dead. Right. So his judgment is a perfect eternal judgment. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a spiritual judgment. This this is a matter of, again, like I said earlier, temporal uh, judgment. The consequences are, are temporal and physical. They're not eternal and spiritual. Okay. So... So what could we say this though, Sam? Help help me think this through. Sure. When you say that though, I do want to make this statement though. Jesus did come, if we want to use the word judgment, to be able to be saved. A right judgment of me has to be made, meaning I'm a sinner. Uh, yeah. Sure. That you could call that a judgment. Well, yeah. Right? I mean, right. He came to save because we're all already under judgment. Yes, guilty. I'm try- that's under what judgment. I, that's yeah. what I'm trying to get yeah, to. Yeah. So it wasn't like he came, and. You know, you, you know what I'm saying. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I'm saying when you said he's ultimately coming back in judgment. Yeah, yeah. There is a sense, truly, not even just sense. He was judging on the front end because we were already we were under, already, already under, under judgment. judgment, and he was trying to show yeah. us that we were under judgment. Right. Right. Yeah. And so he was. So there. What we were called to do that too. We were to call. We are to call sin, 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 sin. Even us. Yep. In, our, in our preaching of our gospel, we're to say no. That adultery, that fornication, that sexual perversion, yep. that lying, that covetousness, right. that jealousy right. is sin. Is sin. And is we sin. can make the statement, and this sin is is going to put you in hell if right. you don't repent and believe. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But the ultimate uh, condemnation you're talking about, in the sense, the ultimate sentence... Is done by God. Done Christ. by God. Yeah. Right. And I, oh man, I just want to read this because it's just such an Go amazing ahead. passage. Yeah. This is in Revelation 19, you know, <laughs> when Jesus comes back to judge... Uh, uh, then I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse the one sitting on it is called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war 
His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. <laughs> talk about no escape man. yeah no escape. talk about oh jesus is this this soft little you know cushy lamb uh yeah yeah he came in humility first but when he comes when he returns he's coming in power and glory yeah and he's coming to judge right and if you're not i mean just kind of a gospel call here if you're not in christ if you haven't repented and believe mm-hmm. you will be those grapes yep. under his feet and he's He's yeah. walking that wine press. And he's crushing you under his wrath. That's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying. You can't yeah. escape him. Right. So, whoo, yeah. okay. Yeah, you can't escape justice. So, I don't know if we need to labor in no, no, no. John 8. I, no, I think we... some other keypad. But that, again, that's one that's used. Yeah, yeah. And if somebody are making a case, it's not a good text to use anyway because it has this right, question right. about where it fits in the manuscripts. Right. And then when they do use it, often, again, and I, I literally saw this. It was a study put together for... It's weird. Junior high, or high school. I'm like, well, that's not even what this is actually doing. No, I know. He, he wasn't telling this woman to go and sin no more. She gets to get off the hook, and he. It, that's not what this was about. Right. This was a setup. Is a setup. And, yep. And again, the text actually says it. They. Yep. They it were. Try, they were. They were playing a game to try to trick him, and he had to navigate around that landmine. Yep. And, and he's, he, he always by, navigates them perfectly. Yep, it's amazing. And <laughs> it's by awesome. the time it's done, it's like, okay, so who's here to sentence yeah, you, yeah. girl? Okay, well, I'm not going to sentence you either, but go. But remember, though. Go and sin no more. He never, yeah. Go and sin no more. You, what you were doing is actually evil. Right. Yep. And don't do it anymore. Yep. So. Okay. So another couple texts that are often used. Um, Matthew 7, Luke 6. These are parallel passages. Uh, Sermon on the Mount. So I'm going to read Matthew 7, and then I'm going to read Matthew or Luke 6. So Matthew 7, verse 1. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or, do you, or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. So that's the Matthew passage, again, given by Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to go to the parallel passage, Luke 6, starting in verse 37. Jesus says, Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. He also told this parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but not uh, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take 
out the speck that is in your brother's eye. Okay, so, you know, this, it seems to, it seems like Jesus is saying, don't judge. Don't judge others. Like, who are you to judge others? Like, you have this log in your eye. How dare you to notice the speck that's in your brother's eye and to judge him? So, that comes off at the surface, but again, we have to keep in mind context. So what? who is Jesus really speaking to here? Well, contextually, he's speaking to the Pharisees, the religious leaders. And the religious leaders, again, are, are righteous in their own eyes. They're righteous in their own eyes. They think that they really are perfect. They think that they obey the law perfectly. And they are above everyone else. And they think that they alone really can make these judgments on, on other people and their standing according to the law of Moses. And even more a part of this context, again, Jesus is expounding the law, the Mosaic law and the Sermon on the Mount. And he's proving that he himself is a better teacher than the scribes and the Pharisees. And he's, he's showing that he, he has authority to to expound the law of God because I mean it's his law it's from him mm-hmm. to keep keep that in mind so the Pharisees and the Sadducees they would often quote scribes and and different rabbis and experts in the law they would they would quote all these people to kind of build their case Jesus he didn't quote anybody because he is one who has authority <laughs> to expound the law it's his word it's his word it's so cool it's, it's such an awesome so, just like oh I heard it said many years ago like you know people talk about the red Oh yeah, red the red letter, letter Bible. I'm like, well, every one of my words is red letter. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's the context. He is he's speaking. He's really speaking against these Pharisees and these Sadducees, these religious leaders, yeah. who are self righteous in their own eyes. Yeah, and they're hypocrites. Yeah, it's really a self righteous issue here. right? It's a self righteous issue. Yeah. So, like, yeah, and and keep in mind too that the Pharisees. They, they literally added hundreds of law, additional laws yeah. above and beyond the, the actual Mosaic law. They added laws, and then they would judge people according to these, these, the standard that's not even in the Mosaic law. It's not even in the law of God. Yeah. It's beyond it. So, so this idea of the measure that you kind of – that you measure people against, it'll, that'll be measured against you basically, this idea that, hey – if you want to judge people to this crazy standard that's extra biblical, well, then you're going to be judged according to that standard yeah. too. You can't, you can't keep it. Just keep this in mind. Like people create all these standards for themselves, and we we can't even we can't even meet our own standards for yeah. ourselves. So it's just uh, he's really calling out these 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 yeah these Pharisees, these hypocrites, right. these religious leaders who are righteous in their own eyes, and. In Luke 6, you see in verse 37, if you're looking at your Bible or if maybe you're just listening, it says, Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Now, the parallel there of judge and condemn, yeah. make, it, it narrows the meaning of, of the word judge here. Yeah. We said it has, judge has kind of a broad meaning. Crino has kind of a broad meaning. Yep. Uh, and contextually, it's kind of determined contextually. So contextually here, we see that judge and condemn are parallel terms. They mean the same thing in this context. So judge not, really what he means is condemn not. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. you don't have like you don't have the authority to condemn someone right. ultimately. Condemn could we use that word again I picked up yeah. Sam's sentence? Sentence. Like I'm not in a position right. to sentence you. Right. To actually call out the sentence. Yeah. No, I could tell you there is a sentence. Yeah. Right? I could say, no, God says there's a sentence for this. Right. And it's to perish apart from him for all eternity. Right. But I can't give you that sentence. Right. Right. 
So condemn right. not. That's God's place. Right. God's place alone. So that's another thing to keep in mind. Yeah. And also the big one is is the standard. Again, what is the standard by which you're making the judgment? Sure. And contextually, we know that the religious leaders, these Pharisees, they were they had a standard above and beyond Scripture. Yeah. So you can't you can't judge somebody with an extra biblical standard. The standard is the Bible. The standard Very is good. the Scriptures. Yeah. So any judgment we do make, again, it's not ultimate. We're not ultimately condemning anybody. That's God's role. Mm-hmm. But when we do make a judgment, as we'll we'll start to build our case again with more scripture. Again, yeah. you got to interpret scripture with scripture. You you, mm-hmm. you got to keep in mind the whole canon of scripture when you make a, a doctrinal you know position on whatever it is. Yeah. And so here we see again that the standard has to be the scriptures alone. You, again, he's, you're, you're not greater than your master. He talks about this. And so we can't go beyond what Christ has revealed to us. Mm-hmm. We can't add things. We can't make up rules and then judge people according to them. And you get into legalism here. That's legalism. Oh, well, you only can wear a three-piece suit to church. And if you wear jeans, oh, man, you're in trouble. Like, no, that. what are you talking about? That's not in the Bible. Like, that's legalism. And that's what the Pharisees were basically doing, adding going beyond the revealed word and judging people according to a standard that's mm-hmm. not biblical. So that's, I mean, that's the gist of, of that text. There really isn't much more to say about yeah. it. Um, yeah, do you have any just thoughts about that? Not specifically, Sam. Yeah. No, I, I do want to, you know, I've already brought up already the John passage, and we could talk about others. Maybe we'll get there because there's just so much to this. I, when I was looking at Matthew 7, I knew you were doing more study on it than I was, but I found it interesting that contextually you even look there, um, the way Matthew, you know, the way this is put together, look at verse 6, do not give what is holy to dogs and do yeah. not throw your pearls before swine, yeah, yeah. which is a judgment. Yeah. You're, it's You're really interesting. Yeah. Here he is saying don't judge, but then... If you really look at that, you have to make a judgment to determine who are dogs and swine. Exactly. So that you are making a judgment. Yeah. And so somehow that's different right. than what he's nailing right. here. And right. what he's nailing here is, you know, I mean, you've already covered it. Yeah. It's these Pharisees. It's these with Pharisees. The traditions of the elders and these things. And self right. They were self-righteous. Yep. They had other other ideas. Yep. That were, uh, you know, they call them, there were traditions of elders and other yep. things. And, yep. Exactly. And they tried to define all these things, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you miss it. You're missing it. You're missing it. Yep. Right. And so he's basically saying these Pharisees, they saw the they saw the speck in their brother's eye. Yeah. And he's saying to the Pharisees, You have a log in your yeah. eye. And yeah. the log is self righteousness. Yeah, self right, good. That's the log. And and, and again, uh, I think I would add to that too, and we don't have a perfect outline here, but you know, as leaders say leaders of yeah. the Jewish nation, right? From the Old Testament, they were to call out things. Mm-hmm. You know, when it says do not commit adultery, they they were prescribed things for not committing adultery. So, yeah, yeah. so just remember, it's not like they weren't supposed to draw certain lines in certain places. Yeah. But they were drawing them in the wrong places, and they were doing it out of self-righteousness. I'm better than you. Yep. Right? And so I don't know if you're going to go here, Sam, but I, I guess probably a passage, if I could go there, maybe I'm jumping the gun. I'm just thinking of Galatians 6 because I think as we're talking about this, people, you know, Hope I'm not getting ahead of it, but you know when he 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 in Galatians six, Paul. Remember early in Galatians, we read earlier. I mean, he's calling people out, mm-hmm. and he called Peter out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's there. Mm-hmm. So he drew some lines and said, "No, you guys are wrong." Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very 
you know, we, we read some earlier, may he be accursed and mm -hmm. may you go actually castrate yourself if you're going to go do these legalistic ideas yeah, and these, yeah. these things. But but then you, you keep reading and you get to, to Galatians 6 and he says, brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, that yep. means they did they were wrong and you had to draw judgment, you who are spiritual resource, restore such, excuse me, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Mm. I mean, there is this, okay, I need to look at my own heart. I need yep. to see, am I right before the Lord here? Right. I need to draw proper judgment. And, and it takes great humility, right. and probably wisdom in life and, and even gentleness to say no. Right. You're wrong, brother. Yeah, and I'm and I really, out of love for you, love for the name of Christ, I need to call this out. Right. He's not saying not to do that. He's saying do that. Yeah. Right. So there's a way. There's a yeah. method. Right. Yeah. So I, I find that interesting. I talked to a young guy a couple of days ago, Sam. I think I told you about this, and I thought he had a great construct in his mind on this. He said, you know, you first need to come together with these principles, say doctrines, these truths that that are solidified in your mind. You know this. Here it is. You know, say a doctrine, say a truth of morality or whatever, ethics. And then he says, then you have to have the courage to stand on that. Mm. The third thing then is the application in the sense of, say, calling it out, addressing yeah. it. And that, and that we talked a lot about that. He was a, he was a guy in his mid thirties and has to do this. And he was talking to me as a guy in my sixties. And you realize that in lifetime, you kind of gain to some degree, and it's not perfect. Some kind of maybe wisdom and handling some of that stuff because there's no question in my it's a practice of you know maybe sometimes you do you know it's like disciplining kids that would be a great example yeah. you know i raised five kids there were times i didn't the principle needed to be corrected but i didn't do a good job on the discipline of it mm. you know i just i was too hard or you know got too loud or yeah. whatever the yeah. you know i mean i just didn't do it well right and I, in many cases i would have to go back and tell my kids hey this needed to be corrected i did it wrong oh See what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like I, I kind of, like, I really did blow that kids. Would you, you know, can you forgive me? Mm. But that doesn't negate the fact that this needed to be corrected. Right. You see what I'm saying? And that's that third thing that the young guy was talking about. Is like that takes, and I think that's what Paul's saying here. Is that no, no, no? We actually do draw judgments, mm. and we do draw conclusions, and we do need to call those things out. Mm -hmm. We need to have the courage to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a way to do it. And there's and there's already a standard by which we've we've been revealed the standard by which to make our judgments. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 The standard. Yeah. The, yeah. The word of God. The word of God. Right. But then you go in scripture and you go. You know, there were times Jesus did turn over tables, folks. Oh yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying is it's not always you know, mamby pamby. I mean, Paul yeah. did say right in this same letter of Galatians. Here we're talking about you know we have it. You know our Bibles are broke down in chapters. It's six chapters. Earlier, I called out Peter publicly. Yeah. You know like. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, he goes after him. You'd he be does. accursed. Anybody that believes this, accursed. Accursed. And yep. then, then there's this place you sit down with the brethren. Yep. You know, I'm going through a study with some guys in a warehouse on Tuesday mornings. We're going through First John. It's the same thing. He's calling out these secessionists, these, these Gnostics. Mm. And at the same time that he's saying they're wrong and they're of the Antichrist, he's trying to affirm the gentle believers there. Yeah. To go, no, 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 you've been forgiven. You yep. still need to deal with your sin. You yep. still need to walk in the light. And it's it's this gentle, you know, John's probably, what is he when he's writing John, you know, 90 years old, something. <laughs> I mean, he's an older man now. And he's, he, you know, there's this gentleness. Yeah. At the same time, you got to be real. So I'm yeah. just saying this this idea of judging, you're right, the standard is the word of God. We are to judge that, yeah. right? But it's not a self-righteous thing. Right. We're not above the word. Right. We can't add to the word. Right. Um, we ourselves have to re we, when we when we make these judgments we make them out of a uh, out of a, a position of realizing that 
I'm guilty too. Yeah, right. And I've been shown grace. That's what I mean. Kindness, gentleness. I've been shown great mercy. And gr- I've been shown infinite mercy and grace because I deserve to go to hell. Yeah. And so we are to also display that. Yeah. With a quickness to forgive. I mean, that's why he says, yep. you know, judge not, therefore you won't be judged. Mm-hmm. Like, it's this idea of if you if you have a disposition of grace and mercy because you've been shown mercy. Yeah. Like, okay, that is evidence of somebody who has indeed been forgiven of their sins. Right. And therefore then you won't be judged. You won't be condemned by God ultimately eternally. That's good. And and all that kind of plays out. So that's that back goes to the forgive uh forgive so that you may be forgiven. It's again kind of that it gets confusing a little bit. But this idea if you have if you are a forgiving person, that comes out of a realization that you indeed have been forgiven of true. Yeah. Infinite, you know. Yeah. guilt. And so it just it's a fruit that you then are forgiving. If you're not forgiving, that's 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 fruit that you actually haven't probably been forgiven. Yeah. So, you know, if that makes or, sense. Or you're not yeah, haven't experienced it. Yeah, exactly. At the level you need to, yeah. Right. Yeah, so I'm with you. Let's go to another passage here that again people use to kind of say, Hey, you can't judge. Don't judge me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um James four. Uh starting in verse eleven, it's just verse eleven and twelve. Do not speak evil against one another brothers the one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law but if you judge the law you are not a doer of the law but a judge there's only one lawgiver and judge he who is able to save and to destroy but who are you to judge your neighbor so again it kind of comes off as hey this seems like uh like hey we shouldn't be casting judgment we shouldn't be judging our neighbor um but now there's a, there's a few, again, kind of contextual points here. Do not speak. So I'm reading out of the ESV. Now, in the NASB, it might be different. Do not speak evil against another brother. Okay. That speak evil is actually, the Greek word there, we actually usually translate as slander. So don't slander your brother. Okay, what, what passage, Sam? I'm sorry. This I'm is James around. 4, 11 and 12. 11 and 12. Because yeah, tell I'm me, looking tell at a, Well, I'm looking at a couple different versions. I have another one on my phone, so on. Yeah, is it, is it slander in the NASB? Yeah, I'm looking at NASB. The real, this is the true Bible. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is, it actually has John 8 in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm glad we can laugh because we were arguing earlier about John Oh, 8. that's funny. Um, okay. Uh, which one? Uh, Verse 11. Does it say slander or speak evil? Do not speak against one another. Oh, it just says that. And speak against one another. Does it, does it have slander in He who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks against the law. Okay, so the... same as the ESV. But yeah. the is Greek... that the sa- same thing? Okay. Yeah, but the Greek, word, the Greek word is slander. Like that's, we would usually translate it as slander. Really? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, don't slander your brother. The one who slanders against your brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. So this is another case of of okay, slander is is basically accusing somebody of doing something that they didn't actually do, right? So when you slander hey, you're you're in sin, you've done this horrible thing, blah, 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 blah. Uh you're slandering him if that's not true. Yeah, yeah. So I looked. I looked the word up. You're talking about this uh, ketalaleo, the Greek word. Yeah. Okay, and it, it literally means you know, the yeah the interpretation is to speak evil of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Is that what you're trying to get at when you say slander? Right, but we, yeah. Here, just a second here. Okay. Um, 
Okay. I'm just going to read some... Uh, commentary? Yeah. So verse 11, this is some commentary from Douglas Moo, a very respected New Testament scholar. Uh, the harsh denunciatory address of 4-4 adulterous people and of 4-8 sinners and double-minded gives way here to James' more familiar brothers. He therefore signals a shift from the call to repentance that acts as the center of the letter back to exhortations relating to specific forms of behavior. He begins with a prohibition of slander. This, yep. this word translates a Greek word, kataleleo, that means mm-hmm. literally speak against. It denotes many kinds of harmful speech, questioning legitimate, legitimate authority, as when the people of Israel spoke against God and against Moses, Numbers mm-hmm. twenty-one five, slandering someone in secret, Psalm 105. 1015 bringing incorrect accusations 1 Peter 2 12 3 16 James warns his readers never to indulge in such slanderous speech while we cannot know for sure just what why slander was a problem in the community the divisions that um, were racking the church many provide the best may provide the best explanation quarrels over most issues usually end up including a personal including personal attacks and judgmental attitudes so yeah, it's it's likely again in this context that James write, is writing to. There's 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 slander going on. People are accusing people of doing wrong, and when there really isn't any evidence that they have, or they don't know that they have, or again, keep in mind, slander too can be, hey, you're doing this thing, and maybe you are doing this thing, but this person believes that this thing is sinful when it really isn't. Does that make sense? So this is kind of. Uh, Douglas Moo kind of points us back to Romans 14 and basically saying, hey, you're eating, you're in sin because you're eating some meat or you're eating food, you know, we could go to Corinthians, you're eating food sacrifice to idols or something like that. Mm-hmm. But let's just say Romans 14, you're eating meat and eating meat is wrong. And and so then by saying, if I watch you, Dan, eat a steak right. and I have the conviction that eating a steak is sinful, so then I accuse you, you're guilty, you're sinning. Mm-hmm. That's slander. Because it's you're not actually guilty because right. the scripture doesn't prohibit it prohibit right. eating meat. Right. So that's a slanderous thing, hmm. and it creates all these divisions and all these quarrels. Yeah. So part of the context then with James, what Douglas Moon is getting us to think of is likely because this is this is you know don't slander, don't judge, don't make judgments. Again, off of things that scripture doesn't yeah, talk I was about. Say, off off. In contrast to the biblical standard. Exactly. It's yeah. again back to this whole standard. What is the standard by which you're making your judgment? Right. Is it is it the inspired scriptures, that the very clear teaching of what's right and wrong? Yeah. Or is it your own kind of opinions about things, like yeah. eating meat or not eating meat? Right. Like, don't slander your brother for right. doing something that's right. not actually wrong to do. So that's part of the context. Um, he, uh, Douglas Moon also says, because now we have this idea of like, okay, the one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. Like, what do you, what does he mean by that? If you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. Like, okay, what does he mean by that? I think Douglas Moo has some really interesting comments. He goes, but how can James claim the criticism of a fellow believer is tantamount to criticism of the law? Clearly, a part of the argument is missing. But James shifts to the word neighbor at the end of verse 12, implies what we need to supply. That word must be a reminiscence of the love command, confirming the suspicion that James might have Leviticus 19 in mind throughout. So James assumes that criticism of a fellow believer contradicts the demand that we love our neighbors. Therefore, 
We fail to keep the law when we slander and stand in judgment over another. And in failing to keep the law, James says we also judge it. The last part of the verse explains, when you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. Since James contrasts judging the law with keeping it, he apparently thinks that failure to do the law implies a denial of the law's authority. Hmm. However, high and orthodox our view of God's law might be, a failure actually to do it says to the world that we do not, in fact, put much store by it. Again, we see coming to the surface James's understanding of Christianity as something whose reality is to be tested by the measure of obedience. Yeah, so lived out. Yep. Yeah. So if if I slander you and say you're in sin, when then I'm I myself am breaking the law by slandering you, and I'm setting myself above the law because I've accused you of do some, doing something that's actually not unlawful. Yeah. So I'm above it, and that's what the Pharisees were doing too. Same yeah. type of thing. Yeah. They felt like they were above the law. Yeah. So Sam, let me ask you one thing about that. Then yeah. it strikes me because I'm thinking about even just my own life, and even even it was sin in my own life, probably. Um, you know, I've seen it and I've experienced it. Um, I'm thinking of this idea of judging. We have to be careful. Yeah. When we draw conclusions, we had that discussion. You and I had a discussion recently about this. We have to be careful when we draw conclusions about people because mm. mm-hmm. we've been called to do it, but we don't always know. Mm-hmm. The, all the details of the story, right? Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if some of this could be that. That's ex- that's it too. So, so it's that not too. just the standard because that if they did do X Y Z, that would be wrong, right? But we sort of think they did X Y Z, right. but we don't necessarily no. know the whole story. Exactly, it happens a lot. It's part of it. It happens in our lives, yeah. seriously. And again, I just I, I I recognize that there are times like. You know, there's certain things, like there's facts, like I live in a community, I'm in a ministry, and there's things I know about certain things yep. that other people really don't know. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm in the in the know, but I happen to know this, say, secret thing or something, yep. right, that nobody else really knows. And then they'll make an accusation, even of me or something else. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but they don't know the whole story. They don't know the whole story. And I can't, I'm in a posture that I can't tell them the whole story. Right. It's not. Their, I can't run around and tell them the whole know. story, now, let alone even in an individual situation. Right. And I just have to live with that. Yep. And I've just, the reason that, because I've felt the pain of that. Yep. But I also wonder how much I've implemented that in my life. Mm-hmm. Like I've said something, but I really didn't understand the whole thing. And so it makes me want to go, you're okay, on, we, we have. going on the edges of gossip then. Yeah. And so we stuff. have to be, so yes, we've been called to call things. Mm-hmm. And be, but, and again, we have to be humble and kind and cautious about cautious, it. Cautious, slow. But it doesn't mean we aren't supposed to do it. Right. And that, part of that too is why we have this biblical principle of two or three witnesses too. Yeah. And and yeah, corroboration, you. and this isn't just you coming to an, a conclusion on your own yeah. about what somebody's doing. Um, right. And and there's also this reality too of, you know, if you catch somebody in the act of adultery, okay, like externally speaking, Which you, you know, got to figure out like how does that happen? Right, right. Well, yeah, but or if you catch, let's just say you catch somebody murdering somebody. Yeah. Let's like okay, I saw this. This isn't this isn't some hidden thing. Right. Like you can pretty much say, yep, they, yep, they committed this sin. I saw them stab somebody in the throat. But making judgments on, like, hey, Dan, you need to, you're prideful. You're, God, you're filled with pride, and you need mm-hmm. to repent of that. It's like, well, wait a minute now. Like, how do you know I'm being pride? Like, how do you know I have pride in my heart? Yeah. Like that gets difficult. Or you're, Dan, you, you need yeah. to repent of your lust. 
If you haven't, <laughs> yeah. if you haven't told me that you're lusting, yeah. how do I know you're lusting? Right. How do I know? That gets into that whole world of gaslighting and all that exactly. sort of thing, right? I'm it, drawing a conclusion about you that yep. maybe you misunderstand, it's misunderstood, yep. you don't really know what's going on, and you're calling it sin when it may not necessarily be that. Exactly. Exactly. But that's that goes back to what I was talking about earlier, though, then, Sam. That's where this, this humility and kindness and, and cautiousness, because you might go to a friend and say, hey, I don't know if it's this, but this is how it comes off to me. Right. And let's I, have a discussion. I, and yep. it concerns me. And, yep. and so here's yep. what I want to put on the table and, yep. and at least think about it, yep. you know, minimally. Okay. If you're not fully agreeing that maybe I'm wrong, but you know, right. I would really think you need to, you know, right. right? There's a way to do that. Right? right. Right. And that's, and that too is like, you know, even, even in our civil society, when we make judgments, like, um, you know, you could, you could say that, uh, you know, in a just society, all all crime is sin, but not all sin is crime. Hmm. So there are certain things that, yeah, morally that's wrong, but it's not to the level of we're going to actually prosecute you and you're going to, you know, have to pay yeah. a fine or something. Yeah. So, yeah, we could say lust is, well, even, even let's just say this, divorce. Yeah. Or adultery, biblically, is is about as bad as it gets. Yeah. But societally, at least in America, it's not, it's not a crime. Yeah. So you have these different, just you have these different categories and yeah. even, and you have lesser sins, you have greater sins, you have sins that are kind of hidden, Yeah. but everything's brought to light eventually. And yeah. you have sins that are just very obvious and outward and evident. So all that you keep in mind on, on kind of the pace or the slowness or the cautiousness you take when... You're talking about applying this now. Applying like this. Stepping into this. Oh, sure. Exactly. Yep. So yeah. those are, for the most part, those are the main texts people yeah. are going to go to to build their case of, don't judge me. You know, you can't judge me. Yeah, it's like, well, no. Oh, no. It, there's a, yeah, there's a lot more nuance to it. And that's not exactly what these texts are saying. Right. There's a context. There's a context. And usually it seems like the context is, is, uh, well, most of them have been in the context of like the religious, l these Jewish religious leaders that were hypocrites and self-righteous in their own eyes right. and actually right. evil. Like Jesus calls them whitewashed tombs. Like just go read the woe to the Pharisees. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah. These, these guys were wicked. And yeah. most of the context is in and around those types of people. Yeah. Yeah. Not your typical Christian experience by any means. Sure. So, you know, we're at, we're, we're getting close to an hour. Yeah. For this, let's actually just make this its own episode, and then we'll we'll do a second episode right after this, where we're going to just get into more of those texts where we actually see positive commands, prescriptions, and even passages that we, we could say applications. We're yeah, applications. Where we okay? How are we actually to do this judging? What yeah. does it actually look like? Yeah, that's good. And so we'll we'll yeah we'll we'll kind of put a a seal on this episode. Talked about the problem, you know. People are saying, oh, don't judge me. Where does that come from? Looked at these texts that people use to kind of build their case, saying, ah, that's not really what they're saying. Yeah. And we've, we mentioned some of the texts that we're going to go to now in this next episode, but we're going to transition now. So make sure you listen to this, the next episode um, on, on really where we see actually commands to judge and what that looks like uh, in the Christian life and in the church. So thanks for listening to the Preach and Persuade podcast. Again, um, 
you know, if you if you want to leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or whatever you listen to, that'd be great. Uh, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, then you automatically get like you know notifications that when I release a new episode. I don't really release on a schedule, as you probably realize. So maybe subscribing would be helpful <laughs> to know when I do release an episode. And uh, and you can also visit our website afci.us to learn more about our mis- ministry and and what we do and. Again, I've been kind of saying this in every episode lately, but we're getting a new website. It's it's really close. It's really close. So that's kind of exciting. And a part of that will actually be an app. And that'll be cool too. So I'm, I'm assuming that, that this podcast will be available on the AFCI app when we launch that. But again, thanks for listening and have a great day. Bye.